In today's episode, I've uncovered one tactic that changes absolutely everything about how I think about images on websites. It's something that I've never seen discussed before that goes against common wisdom when it comes to images on your site, and yet it's the tactic that generates Tony Hill over a million visitors per month on Pinterest on top of 400,000 plus visitors from Google Images. And the good news is it's quite replicable in many niches. And the way I came across this tactic is because of a new rule that I've added to this podcast. Because I basically want to start doing more interviews here to bring more diverse perspectives on building websites and learning new things. But I'm also not an idiot and I know a lot of people are bullshitting when it comes to their claims of success in this industry and I don't want this to happen on this podcast. I basically want to do more interviews on this show because it brings more diverse perspectives and it makes it quite interesting compared to just our perspective with Mark and I. But I also know a lot of people in this industry are either amplifying their claims of success or omitting a big part of what makes them successful when they talk about it publicly. So the new rule is, if you come on this podcast, you don't necessarily have to reveal your niche or your website to the public, but you have to reveal it to me. So I can make sure you're not lawyering me or the audience when it comes to your success. And so Tony complied to this new rule, sent me his website, sent me his social profiles, and everything he claimed was absolutely true. His traffic looks off the charts on Ahrefs, and his Pinterest profile shows tens of millions of views per month. But the way he creates his content and the way he sources his images particularly is a unique take in the industry. And I would not have uncovered it if I did not dig deep in his site. So we talk a lot about this in the interview and he was quite open about it, which was really interesting. But I also wanted you guys to be able to input in this interview, so I turned to social media, asked you what questions you wanted me to ask, and I got over 70 questions from you. I crammed as many as I could inside the interview. So if you want to know, for example, how many pins per day should you pin to get a million visitors per month, or how to organize your account and balls to maximize your reach, or how to build and structure a team of VAs to automate the entire process, or even how to get a do-follow link directly back to your site from Pinterest.com, all these questions are covered in the interview. If you want to submit your own questions for our next episodes, make sure you follow us on all our social networks because that's where we let you guys send your questions. Anyway, I'm not going to tease you anymore. Tony has been a fantastic guest to the podcast and I've really learned a lot about using images on my website. And I've really learned a lot about this new tactic that he shares. If you have any follow-up questions, drop it in the comments. I'll try to get him to go and answer them directly there. Also, if you'd like me to interview someone in particular in the podcast, drop their name in the comments so I can try to reach out to them and get them on so we can talk about what they do. Don't forget to like and subscribe. These deep dive interviews really take a long time to prepare and produce, so that would mean a lot to us. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome to the Atari Hacker Podcast. Today we have Tony Hill that I've basically baited into coming to this podcast with my intro of the of two podcasts ago, actually. And Tony was kind enough to say yes to the invitation. So Tony, thank you for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Do you want to introduce yourself quickly for those who have maybe not seen this intro and or don't follow you on social media? Yeah, for sure. So I've been running a niche site and several other niche sites since 2005. Got in when SEO was very easy at sites ranking in Google and have just been continuing to learn and gain traffic that way as well as other traffic sources. So I've been doing that full time, yeah, since 2005. So it's been a fun ride and I've got a business partner that helps me out with a lot of this and helping make decisions and what led me here today and uh, doing well okay. with, with Pinterest. 
Yeah, that's one thing. That's how. That's kind of like what intrigued me. It's like uh, I think you shared that screenshot on Twitter that said you had like 1.1 million visitors from Pinterest in a month, which is a lot to be honest. And I think that's that's one of the things. Like we had this podcast about uh, different traffic sources, etc. We tell people to get on social, but not all social platforms drive that much traffic back to your site. Whereas Pinterest is really one of those that can drive a lot of traffic back, uh, which I think a lot of people will find exciting, especially if they run advertising-based websites, etc. But obviously, it's not. it wasn't an overnight success. I got to see your site. You showed me your site. I got to check it out, etc. I like to verify as well that people's claims are real because I think uh, some people in the industry might not do that. And it's like, this is definitely real. This is definitely serious, etc. And I sat at the site starting in 2005 on Wayback Machine. Did you own that site the whole time did you start it and did you run it all the way here and is it like did it take that long yeah for sure found that there was just a, a lot of search traffic for it just kind of stumbled upon it just doing keyword research trying to find a new niche okay. opportunity and so been running it ever since that's a really long time actually for running a website i think most people just get like yeah. a couple of years we are definitely yeah. guilty of that we do a few years yeah. and we just like sell out or yeah. do something else etc yeah. good job on holding on to that and obviously it's paying off right now like can you give us an idea of like where your site is at today like in terms of like traffic revenue etc yeah it's averaging a little over four million visits a month over eight million page views a month and we're probably almost at our peak that we've been able to do since 2005. I think we did really well back in 2015 to 17. I've gone through several Google algorithm updates that have sent the site crashing down and back and back up and even with Pinterest too. If you saw the uh, the site on the Wayback Machine, uh, you'll see that uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't the best site in the world. I mean, there'd be no way it would do well with Pinterest or with Google. We were writing all the content ourselves and we're just, we're not writers. We didn't know the niche at that point. And so it was, it was almost garbage really. But these days, you know, we've been able to adapt uh, <laughs> to, and grow it's, and improve. Yeah. I think the site definitely looked like it was 2005 for the first version yeah. from what I've seen. It's like yeah. very, very yeah. different from today. So today, like you're very image focused and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But like before you had lots of text, very little images. It was a little bit in the corner and stuff. Now it feels yeah. a lot, a lot nicer, basically. Actually talking about that, I just want to actually talk about your strategy, how the site works, what's the business model, uh, what's the content business model. So basically you're in a highly visual niche. You're in a niche that relies a lot on images and it does really well on Pinterest because you are in one of these niches that looks good on photos, etc. Probably like what I would say is like looking at your traffic from Pinterest, etc. I'd say you're probably on the higher end of what's possible on the platform. If someone has an Excel website, I don't think they can ever match your yeah. 1 million visits per month or something. Like your niche matches the platform as well. And I think I wanted to be quite clear with people that it's not one-to-one -one for every niches and Pinterest Day Free has better niches than other, right? For sure. I think there are some few primary categories that you can be in with Pinterest to do really well, anywhere from like you know, beauty to fashion to home to DIY recipes. Uh, if you're in any of those niches, I think you're going to have the greatest chance of, of getting quite a bit of traffic to your site every month. I've had people reach out to me, take a look at their Pinterest strategy and their site and figure out you know, why, why are they getting the one, 1 million visitors a month? And I'm just looking at them like, yeah, this is not going to resonate with uh, it's not the, the niche, primary yeah. audience. Yeah. So that's, that's a caveat there. I think people need to pay attention to. Yeah. It's like, I think it's, it can be great if it works for your niche, but not every niche is going to work on Pinterest. And it's like, no matter how great you are, you won't reach like a crazy amount of traffic. So it's like, think about, yeah, beauty, fashion, DIY stuff. Like that is probably what's going to work the best. I would say, I would say these three niches are, are the most popular and then sub niches of that. Right. So it's like, 
clothes and makeup and things like that. Like mm -hmm. that's going to all do well, basically. But I wanted to talk about your site specifically, because I feel like your site is now very well optimized for Pinterest in the way you do it. So like people don't really come to your site for the written content. They come here to see the images that are on your site. Basically, the way a blog post looks like is there is a headline, there is a featured image, which I thought was very small because when you click on the featured image, it scrolls you down to that essentially carousel section that you have that allows people to see the main content, which is the images, right? You, you display them as carousel. It's kind of like one half of the page has the carousel, one the other side has an ad, basically. And it just shows it like this so that you can have high ad impressions and people scroll through that carousel. They, there is like a certain number of items. They go through this and each carousel item has like a little bit of a description. And sometimes you have kind of like SEO content, but you actually show a little bit on it above it. And then you have a read more button that expands the rest down so that people get as fast as possible to the images because that's probably your highest uh, revenue from ads. That's how it works, right? I understood it more, more all this correctly. Yeah, that's right. What's interesting is like most of the photos on your site are mostly unedited. There are photos of people doing something that are unedited. They are not collage. They are not like crazy Canva mm -hmm. photos, etc. They're just photos, very simple photos. They might be edited to like look better in terms of like exposure, etc. and curves and so on, but they're not edited in the sense that there's lots of text over them. There's lots of overlays and collage, etc. And I think what makes the strengths of your site is the photos are very authentic. They're photos of real people. Like, and so they're not like stock photos. There's not, they're not like bout photos, etc. But what's interesting is the photos come from Instagram. So you essentially take people's photos on Instagram and you embed, embed them on your site without the Instagram embed, because otherwise you could not pin them and you link, but you, you attribute very well. You, you either attribute as essentially some line on the image itself with the Instagram handle and or a link back to the profile so people can go back to the Instagram profile of that creator and find them. Now, if you ask most people, that's a big no-no. <laughs> it's like people would say, like, you should not do that, etc. You've been yeah. doing that since 2005. How does this work? <laughs> yeah, good question. It is kind of a gray area. There was a period of time where we started off using stock photos and then Pinterest and, and then Instagram and then other social sites where people started to post pictures uh, just became a nice source of getting those photos. I mean, there was even a period of time where we were paying a professional photographer who was taking photos uh, and we were purchasing mm. them from them. He was actually sourcing them to magazines and we were the first site that was buying directly from him. But yeah, once Instagram rolled out, then that became a great source of, of photos. And for a while, when we first got started using them, we were asking permission for every single photo before we would publish it to the site. But that really slowed us down. And honestly, I can't it, imagine, yeah. we had like a 99% yes rate at that point. And so we decided that hey, you know, let's, it's a really, really slow process of trying to get permission for every single image. So let's just go ahead and do it. And then if they don't like it, let's provide an easy form for them to fill out. Uh, for us to take down the, the image and we're happy to do it. So once we made that switch, I think I can count on one hand how many requests we get every year to remove an image from the creator of it. Generally, what will happen is sometimes they'll find that we featured their image that they had posted to Instagram and they'll take a screenshot on their phone and they'll post it on Instagram because they're all right. excited that they were featured. I'm fortunate to be in a niche where uh, it's a good thing for them to have 
uh, their content exposed to the world and they don't really care that much that other sites are using their images. Of course, like we you know, we always give attribution there. And so they're happy with that. So I think it's a, a win-win situation in this particular case. It, is, it might not be in others. Now, over the last couple of years, I noticed that some of the really large uh, magazine publishers have been focusing more on their websites as they're losing magazine subscription sales, right? And so they have started to use Instagram for their images as well. Some really large mm. magazine sites. And first, they were using the official Instagram embed option. But then lately, I noticed that they're just copying and downloading those images and uploading them through their content management system and pretty much doing the same thing that we're doing. And so some of these are you know, under like a Fortune 100 company. Do you have an They're example? feeling comfortable. Yeah, sure. So Cosmo, Glamour, Birdie. Okay. I'm yeah. sure if you go to any of their sites, you'll probably, if you look at some of their listicle type content, you'll see some Instagram photos that they're featuring. And sometimes they use the embed, sometimes they don't. So I think I'm sure that that was vetted by their attorneys and they got the green light. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, you know, it's funny to prepare for this podcast. I was reading the legalities of that, basically. And it's like, there's so many stories of like, yes, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Oh, it's not okay. But actually the judge says it's okay. And so it's it's very complex. Mm-hmm. I think if you make a strong effort in giving the proper attribution, you probably will be fine. But mm-hmm. since you've done it since, since 2005, you're, you're the expert here. Like, have you ever had any trouble? No, never have. No. Yeah, okay. I think part of it is because you know <laughs> you we're not know. editing we're not editing their, their content. We're we're not using it for any sort of product. I think that's where you start getting hot waters mm. when, you're, when you're taking someone's image and you're using it to do some sort of product promotion. But generally, if it's yeah, more editorial, then that's where you kind of lean more in our favor. And especially when we're not really editing as well in any kind of way. Yeah. So I think so. It, I think it's going to help us out there. Do you let them know? Yeah. Like when you take the image, do you still let them know? Like you send them a DM and you're like, hey, we use your image on this blog post or you don't even do that anymore? We don't even do that anymore. Yeah, I would have to hire like a full-time VA just to do that alone. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's worth it unless, you know, it could send us more traffic. I, I, have, I have to go back and I might test that for yeah, a couple months actually. Stories. Yeah, for sure. Just be like, hey, by the way, we featured you. We're really excited. If you have any problem, here's the form to take it down. So, like, I feel like that would be yeah. the ultimate way to kind of like protect you as well. But obviously, yeah. you're the expert here. You've done it for a long time. But it's really cool because basically you make listicles that focus on SEO keywords, let's say. And yeah. you feature these original Instagram photos and then you pin them on Pinterest, basically. And these then drive a lot of traffic back to your site. And that's pretty much the strategy, right? And that's why I wanted to talk about this because, you know, when we ask people on social media, like, hey, how does, like, uh, what questions do you have for Tony? A lot of them were like, oh, like, how do I make the pins on Canva, et cetera? And I was like, eh, that's not really what he's doing. He's actually just like featuring creators rather. But mm-hmm. I want to emphasize again to the audience, you do a very big effort into making it very easy to find who is the creator and what their Instagram profile is. For every single photo, there is a very well attributed link under the photo back to the creator. And I think that's how they're not pissed off for you using their content, to be honest. If people were doing such a good job at attribution, would you advise that they actually use images from Instagram and social media on their sites? I'd advise that they talk to their attorney first or doing so. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's it's, a good it's worked out well for me. <laughs> so one thing as well that I wanted to ask, because obviously we just talked about that, but 
another kind of like contributor to the factor of the growth. When we used to do Pinterest, which was a long time ago, to be honest, we used to have a training in Atari Hacker Pro, but it felt so outdated that I removed it, actually. So it's like, it's not there anymore. At some point, we need to kind of get more back into it, all partner with someone to actually make a, a renewed training. But the thing is, one thing that happened is a lot of people would discover our images on Pinterest and then feature them in their own listicles quite often, and then link back to us, basically, even though sometimes we'd borrow images from other people. So essentially, you'd kind of get that benefit of getting the link as if you were the origin of the image, even though you're not. Would you say that has happened to your site? And would you say that has contributed to the growth of authority of your site? Yeah, if I were to bet on that, I would for, for sure think that it, had a, it has a huge impact on it. We do see that there mm. are some images that get pinned directly from Instagram from the original creator. But Instagram doesn't make it that easy to do that, uh, as last I checked. But there's a good mix of that along with you know our site. And then we've got several other big competitors, too, that pretty much do the same thing. But I think that's the, that's the genius the genius thing, basically. You kind of like feature these creators and you kind of earn the page because you have the web page and linking to an Instagram profile is complicated. There's like all these pop-ups when you try to go on the web, etc. It's, it's not nice, basically. Yeah. Like they haven't made a good yeah. Instagram interface. And so you're kind of like this middle guy that the creators are happy mm -hmm. because they get featured, but you also mm -hmm. get to get the, reap the rewards from an SEO point of view and you make your pages in a smart way. You optimize them for SEO, so you get lots of SEO traffic as well. And bam, you have 8 million visitors per month. Well, it took a long time but like, yeah. i want to tell people it doesn't it doesn't come overnight yeah. but it's a i think it's a really i wanted to highlight this strategy first because i think it's a you're you're a good middle guy here that can also get a lot of spotlight to these creators as well in a way because you get all the seo traffic and people who like their work can actually go check them out so i think it works well um do you also get some tight benefits like for example traffic from google images from this like do you get lots of google images traffic it's not quite as good as as pinterest but yeah probably anywhere between 10,000 to 15,000 a day from Google Images. Okay. Not too bad. Same, yeah, same exact images. They get indexed pretty quickly. I make sure to include those in our sitemap for each article. And that helps. And we try to preserve the URLs. So we need to update these images every once in a while. Um, mm. you know, sometimes they just get outdated, right? And so we'll update them. We'll keep the URL the same. Google Image Search will just swap them out. We're still getting, and usually it, it will perform even better because it's more a more attractive image. And so I think that's a big yeah, part of Pinterest as well. Right. Yeah, it, you know, we're just not grabbing any random image within our niche from Instagram and putting it on Pinterest. Like mm. we're looking for some of the best of the best. And so we're, we're curating we're, and okay. we're helping contribute to the Pinterest platform because we see ourselves as curators for that platform and bringing in good content for Pinterest and their users. And so I think that's one of the reasons why they're rewarding us for it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You're basically like moving content from one platform to the other and you're curating around certain topics and you optimize them. So we'll talk very specifically about all your Pinterest tactics in a second, but I want to just, just go to monetization a little bit to finish on the strategy section. I mean, I've seen ads on your site. Do you monetize in any other way? No, at this point, it's just ads. I've tried some various uh, ways of monetize through like software, through you know, PDFs, that kind of stuff, but it just didn't perform as well as ads. Uh, people are really there to look at the content yeah they're just here for images basically that's why i said yeah. like the images are your content as well like yeah. people come here for that and that's why you even shrink the text content so that people get faster to the images uh which i yeah. found really funny because like most 
SEO blogs, whatever, you know, you have like really lots of scrolling on text content, mm -hmm. etc. Your mm -hmm. site is just like featured image, like this much content and just like a yep. gallery and that's it. And it's like your posts are super short. You get to the end very quickly. And then at the end, you have like a huge related post grid so that people get to see more pages basically. And you increase yep. like for, for an ads monetized website, it makes sense. Can you give us an idea of like the revenue results that you make with this many pages? It's a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you okay. that. <laughs> I wanted to actually jump next onto the Pinterest strategy, actually. And you kind of like teased me on like, hey, we, we pick our images in a very specific way. We're very particular, et cetera. So how do you do that? Yeah, so it's finding people who can have a good eye for finding great images and also understanding mm -hmm. our audience and learning what performs well in Pinterest and what doesn't. Just understanding the style of the image. Like there's just a lot of nuance to it. And so we're just looking at what's working and doing more of that. And so... Looking at things like demographic, for example, there might be, you know, for some sites and, and especially ours, like mm. there's a specific demographic that works really well. And so we try to double down on that. Yeah. So it's like you see, for example, are like women between 25 and 35 are like the interest interacting the most with your pins. So you pick the same kind of people on the photos so they can identify something like this, right? Yeah, you got it. If there's a particular Sorry. like um you know design or, or style that person likes so or that they're just mainly interested in right so for example if someone's interested in home design and but they're really more interested in like mm. you know designing their living room and they don't want to see pictures of a home office or a bedroom and right now they're just focused on I want to you know redesign my home living room so we're going to really focus in on that particular one especially if we're seeing more clicks right right we see more clicks coming from people who are looking at um, design of, of uh, a living room versus, say, a bathroom. We're going to pin more designs about a living room. Okay. That, I think I think that makes sense. So you basically see what works best and you just do more of it. Is that how you yeah. set your editorial schedule as well? Because I guess like like you, you set whatever post you're going to work on. You look at what's yeah. working. Like how much does Pinterest influence that compared to SEO, et cetera? Yeah. So Pinterest does influence it a bit as well as Google Discover. And so there's a particular audience mm. for us that we find that, you know, kind of older demographic that works well with Pinterest and Discover. And so we make sure to get content out, like brand new content out at least once a week, targeting that demographic and then keeping our existing content constantly updated. How often do you update the content? All day, almost every day, mainly Monday through Friday. Okay. You just had to post for this podcast, but you're going back at it. Yeah, that's right. Fortunately, I got a great team of VAs. I hired a lot of people okay. from the Philippines uh, and they are they're okay. great. I love working with them. Cool. We'll talk about them in in a second. But I wanted to get an idea of like, how much do you pin on Pinterest? Like, what's the volume like? How often do you, per day do you pin on your account? Because I think I've seen a lot on your Twitter account, but I'm curious to hear it from you. Yeah. There are over 34,000 pens on my account. So we're, we're pending a lot. Okay. It's, it's an insane amount. Anywhere from 40 to 80 images a day. And that's seven days a week. And it wasn't until we mm. started really ramping up to that amount to, that we started to get some serious traffic from Pinterest. So about two, three years ago, and, we really doubled down on like, all okay. right, instead of just doing a couple of pens a day, Let's just do them all. All that we're adding to the to the site, let's pen every single one. And once we started doing that, it traffic just skyrocketed. So all these images are on the site, right? And do you repeat the same images multiple times? Because I guess you're just not publishing that much, right? I know we have. There's no strategy there to 
underpinning it. So for example, mm-hmm. there could be an image that shows up on one article and that same image could show up on another one. And so it may end up getting pinned twice to Pinterest, but with two different, two different articles. Yeah. But you don't go back to the same post and repin the same image. You just pin each image once on a given post, basically. You got it. Cool. So what does the production pipeline look like? You were mentioning a bunch of uh, VAs in Philippines, etc. Like what tools do they use? Like how does it go from like, I have an idea to here's like 34,000 pins or something. <laughs> when it comes to tools, we've got our own tools. Um, I think one of my, one of my secrets to success with what we're doing with Pinterest and with SEO is some custom backend tools. I've got a business partner, okay. he's a programmer and he can program anything that I wish. And so we've got a whole custom backend system where the team logs in and we've got that whole pipeline back there where they can submit the URL from Instagram. And then from there it gets, it gets processed. Uh, it gets reviewed first. We've got people who will go in and, and review each image that's submitted to make sure uh, basically for quality control, we want to make sure we're, we're only bringing in the, the best that, that we can. Um, and so once that, that gets approved, then it goes off to an expert to write description or caption for the image. And then that gets edited and reviewed and whatnot. And then it will either sit and wait until it gets, if it's for a new piece of content, it will sit and wait until we get that all of the images and all the texts ready for that new piece of content. Then we'll get that published to WordPress and to the site. And then from there, as soon as we get that published, we wait. I think it's seven days after we publish images to the site before we pin it. That way we have a better chance of getting the first attribution from Google images for them. If we pin them too quickly, uh, oftentimes I found that Google will will pick that up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So we wait seven days and it's a kind of, and we have a similar flow for, you know, updating contents. Again, these are listicles. So we're constantly expanding them, making them bigger, but we're also replacing some outdated stuff. And so we've got a process there of them submitting content in which particular articles for. And then again, once it gets published to the site, then we wait seven days and it gets pinned. And so we've got our own backend calendar for Pinterest specifically. And so every image shows up on this calendar and on the day and time slot for it to be pinned. And then we use the chat GPT a- API essentially to have it write the description for Pinterest as well as the, the title for it Interesting. and the image alt. Yep. And so my VA just has to click the button to generate that and it does it. And then she just copies it all into the built-in scheduler with Pinterest. How does it prompt the description? Like do you use the multimodal thing where you upload the image or do you do it another way? So it gets that information from essentially there's two pieces of content associated with image, two pieces of text. You could say one is more of a title, just kind of like we've used like a, a heading two or heading three to describe the image. And then below the image, we've got some written content about it. And so that is all prepared first. And so then we just feed that to the OpenAI API and have it basically regenerate uh, the, you know, just create a specialized description based upon what we currently have for that text content and same thing for the title and the image all. Do you optimize for like keywords on Pinterest? Like do you, a lot of people talk about, oh, oh, you should optimize for all these sorts of long tail keywords and the descriptions, et cetera. Like do you do all of that or you just, ah, this is based off the post and that's good enough? In a way, 
we use Pinterest for keyword research for new content. Mm -hmm. And so we use that, we use some other keyword tools. And then, you know, eventually that's going to result in an article being written, relevant images to it, and then we end up pinning it. So that's kind of how we end up targeting that. But we primarily use, I'm a big fan of the Google Ads keyword tool as a source of, of keywords. And so that tends to align with what people are searching for on Pinterest, although may get a little more granular and more long tail on Pinterest, I found, at least in my particular niche. Mm, I agree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Google ad tool is very broad. Like, they just, like, their goal is to make you spend a bunch of money. So they just, uh, I run AdWords on the side as well. So I yeah. can see why, why, why you get that. When it comes to boards, so like for those who don't know, Pinterest has boards, right? So on your profile, you can make boards and then inside each board is basically a folder for pins, right? How do you organize this? Yeah, so every board is essentially matched with an article on the site uh, because okay. we can have one article that can have, it can start off with, maybe 25 images when we first publish it. And then we'll continue to add more and more up to some even have a hundred images on it. And then eventually we start replacing those hundred images over time, right? Over, over the next couple of years, they'll be replaced and every new replacement gets pinned to that particular article's board on Pinterest. So, I see, so it gets uh, a board could have a, yeah, it gets bigger and bigger over time. And we continue to make new boards every time we publish a new piece of content. Okay, that makes sense. So it's pretty easy. Like one page equals one board, and then just like one board equals like all the all the images on the article. Do you have kind of like image size problems? Because I think Instagram's images are not very high res, right? Do you do you have any issues with that? Sometimes, yeah, and, and that's generally the, the higher quality photos will have be, will be taken with a nicer phone that has a nice camera on it, so that mm. works out okay. Um, we do actually make the images a little bit bigger i think that it's around a thousand pixels wide from instagram um if you try to download an image mm-hmm. from there and we resize it up to 1200 we sharpen it a bit and add a little little bit of contrast sometimes but primarily sharpen it so we've got a custom tool in our back end that the va just has to enter again enter the url and we'll automatically download it sharpen it resize it and make it available okay. to, to publish you guys should look at the, um, so now there's like machine learning super resolution things that allow you to basically create pixels where they did not exist. And yeah. you can actually sharpen images even further, but not just with sharpening where it just makes the contour a bit too much sometimes, but actually with adding pixels to the image. So I would, um, like for example, on Mac, there's a tool called Pixelmator Pro that allows you to do that, but you can do it on the system level. So you can take a folder with a thousand images, right? Click it and expand all of them in one click, actually. That's crazy. That's my little tip for you. Maybe yeah. you can uh, use that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you just pin your own content or do you pin other people's content? Because Pinterest is supposed to be a social network. You know, you're supposed to pin many things. Like how do you run yeah. your profile? Do you, do you just try to be social or do you just like, no, it's just my own stuff? Yeah, it's just my own stuff. You know, I, yeah, I think Pinterest struggles with the social aspect of things. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the creators of these images, they're going to Instagram. They're not going, they're not putting them on Pinterest. Because they're going to get more yeah, feedback, get it's more social. Right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's where we, you know we provide that opportunity for people who are on Pinterest to, to look at them. But yeah, we don't you don't see a lot of comments and go back and forth on a lot of a lot of pins. Yeah. At least we do. 
It feels like on Pinterest, everyone's just shouting and nobody's listening, you know? It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. everyone's just producing yeah. content. Whereas when you go on some other networks, you get yeah more comments going yep. on, people interacting, etc. Yep. Pinterest feels more like a, a search engine for images almost at this point, which I think is how it's used by most mm -hmm. of its users. Yeah, I mean, people want to be inspired you know, on Pinterest. They want to be able to yeah. save that for later. And that's where I think you got to just figure out how, how can you, you might have to change your strategy for your site in order to work with Pinterest. Uh, I was giving a look, I was doing some consulting with a site that was in, it's in the gaming niche, right? They provide information okay. about different games and they and they were just pinning images of like, here's how to, here's how to play this particular game. And it was just like, maybe a picture of the, Is it the, the logo of the game. Uh, no, no, it's not retro. <laughs> it's not retro. No, no, it's much smaller, much smaller site. But they all they were doing is they were basically pinning the logos of these games, and they were just like how tos. Mm. And I was like, you need to editorialize this a little bit more, make it more listicle, make it something where imagine it's you know a thirty-five year old mom scrolling through Pinterest, and she's like, she's got three kids, a husband, and they're you know a younger, busy family. And so in that case, maybe you have a graphic of some one or two well-known games, but also mix in some others and be like top 10 games for young, busy families. And that might appeal more to not only the primary Pinterest demographic, but also that uh, there's a little bit of catch their attention with familiarity, right? There's a game logo you might, they, they might know, recognize, yeah. but then the other ones that they don't, and they then resonate with, well, they're a young, busy family and they're looking for ideas, maybe for the weekend, some games that they can do. And so that's where they'll go check it out, but might, might pen it, save it to a board of ideas. Makes sense. Do you use video pins? Because I know video is bigger in Pinterest now. It's like, I haven't used it so much since video, to be frank, so I can't tell you for sure. But like, I know that people, I think Kevin from Epic Garden is doing really well with posting his videos on Pinterest, for example. So have you dabbled into that? Because essentially you could do that with Reels, no? Yeah, we've tested it a few times and didn't really send a lot of, a lot of clicks there. Actually, I think when we tested okay. it, you couldn't put your website URL in at the time. So I think we we're just testing to see what it would do for engagement. Maybe if it increased oh, engagement overall on our account, then it might influence our images showing up on people's feeds. You just basically, it's kind of like on Twitter, you do like some funny image and get a lot of engagement and your next tweet with a link might actually get some clicks finally. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so but I, at the end of the day though, like I don't that. think it, I don't think it works like that with Pinterest, at least in my experience. I was even talking mm. with someone from sales in Pinterest and I was asking them about uh, growing our following. We've got over 800,000 mm. followers around there and we're just asking, hey, is it still a good strategy to increase our follower count? And she said, no, Pinterest, their algorithm has shifted to be more like TikTok and that they really care more about whatever it is that you're pinning on the PC. than it is about your, yeah, about your, who, however many followers you may have. So whatever's going to be pinned and gain initial traction, then they might start showing that a little more and more. And if it gets more traction, then they'll let it ride and we can get a lot of views and a lot of clicks just from a single pin. Yeah, I mean, all social media, I think, works like this now. It's like followers, mm -hmm. they just help you reach some people at the beginning of the life of a post, you know? It's like you're, they're more likely to see it yeah. early. But if you do well within your following audience, 
then they will just run it as long as they can, as long as the audience stats remain yeah. the same. Same with YouTube, same yeah. with Twitter, yeah. same with like I'm same. Like I've had tweets that got like I don't know hundreds of thousands of views, and I don't have that big of a following just because it's like people liked it. <laughs> it's just like it gets okay. pro- propagated smartly. So it's like I think people who focus on following on social media, they're like they're like boomers now. I'm sorry, but it's it's over. <laughs> it's really like engagement is yeah. everything now. It's yeah. like if, yeah. if you look at people like. Uh, Mr. Beast talking about YouTube as well, etc. He's like, yeah, it's like I don't care. About, like following doesn't matter. It's all about how many mm-hmm. people, how long people stay on the video, how long people, uh, how many people like, how many people engage, etc. You made an interesting tweet on May 9th that you said, "I found a correlation between running my own Pinterest image ads and organic performance. As long as I keep spending dollars, my organic pins do well." I know it sounds a little bit like conspiracy theory, but that's just my experience. It's not worth turning the ads off at this point. Do you still believe that? Do you still run ads? I do. I'm afraid to turn them off, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird thing because that all transpired from uh, my site actually being blocked by Pinterest. This has happened a couple of times okay. over the years where they essentially, you would click on visit site from the Pinterest app and it would, it would block it and say, you know, this site is, okay. is like not allowed or whatever. And so you would just have to go back to, to Pinterest. And, and so we, we got flagged algorithmically uh, with they have some sort of, you know, spam detection algorithms. And sometimes that you know, they have some false positives there. And so I, I was able to reach out to Pinterest support and we've got it. We got that reinstated. So that was one particular case. And I think the most recent one that I recall is that there was no issue that they could Pinterest could find on their end about why traffic dropped significantly. So it wasn't that we were banned. Mm-hmm. You could still visit our site from the app, but we just weren't getting all that exposure anymore. And so I reached out to support. I reached out to my sales account manager with Pinterest and they were like, yeah, yeah, everything looks fine. And, but then once I started at that point, when I was reaching out to sales account manager, I was just starting conversations about doing ads. But it was like, once I started turning those ads on and running them, like within 24, 48 hours, all of a sudden, all <laughs> my organic traffic came back. I'm like, okay, okay, kind of a weird coincidence. So I'm just going to keep those ads running. It's like 30 bucks a month. It's a okay, drop, yeah, that's a, a drop in the bucket. Yeah, it's nothing. Okay, I, I can see how like you go from like being a user to a customer for them, so you kind of like a different category of account in a way, and yeah. also you have access to support like they actually answer to you. The only company that does not do that is Meta. Like I, I still have a personal account banned from Meta as despite the fact that I've dropped multiple six figures to them. You know, that's, that's <laughs> it's crazy. Not, not, not recently, uh, it's yeah. like our company drops like so much money with them, but like I personally am I'm banned. I cannot use a. I have to pay someone to do the clicks for me basically. Oh, but wow. Pinterest, I think they have a lot less advertising revenue. So I think they'll be a lot more considerate with people who actually give them money, which, yeah, I think I agree. And I think you could, um, you could, can you use the ads to kind of like initially boost some pins and kind of like let them coast organically after? Uh, yeah, I primarily use them for testing uh, to see what um, formats, because sometimes we'll test out putting text overlays on them and maybe the style of, of the headline that we use whether like the actual text, what kind of text are we going to use versus also the visually, which style we're going to use and uh, to see what works. And based upon different demographics, what may work for one demographic may not work for another, but I haven't tested it just purely from like boosting okay. almost on, like on Facebook. I, you know, you can boost a post it. that might help get <laughs> good traction. But yeah, at the, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't need it unless, 
unless I can get two million visitors a month, if I can start. Well, it depends you know, how much is going to cost you with ads. <laughs> yeah, right. Ads is going to yeah. cost you a bunch, right? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think for the testing, it's smart. I think if you want to test a format that maybe your audience is not used to, like you can uh, kind of like force the reach uh, initially and see see the engagement stats and compare to your organics and then decide that basically. Like I used to do that for optimize. I can't remember. Like I used to test my title tags with ads. So I used to do mm -hmm. Facebook ads to promote blog posts. And then test my title tags to see which ones had the highest clicks rate. And then I would use that, the title tag of the winning ad, basically. So that would Smart. be uh, one thing I would use ads for. Can you tell me a little bit about the 10 best ideas and inspiration pages? How does it work? And how can I get a do following from Pinterest from there? Yeah, and that was a new discovery. Uh, I found that someone had mentioned it. It was on the Fat Stacks forums. I, had, I hadn't even noticed that those pages. But yeah, I think if you type in into Google, site colon Pinterest.com slash ideas, you'll see it could be millions of pages at this point of these like top 10 ideas pages that Pinterest is auto generating. And I started tracking some mm. and to see how often they would rotate and change out these images. And it's a couple of times a week, a week, at least for the ones that I'm tracking, they'll change them out. But these idea pages, for some reason, they've got do follow backlinks. So I'm looking at those to get ideas on what's working well and what's not honestly that they've got a lot of work to do on those idea pages because i'm seeing them generate images mm. that have nothing to do with it. I mean, they're related to the topic but it's not the right fit and some some of the images there the, the quality is not great it's so it's all auto-generated and so I, I don't know if they're really pulling in the, the top 10 ideas for that particular category or topic i don't know where they could where they're getting their data from to, to include them but oh, i've got a lot i've got hundreds of backlinks from it but again, they rotate out. And so I'll lose that backlink. Yeah, I was going to say they rotate, eventually. so you kind of lose them. But you know, yeah. do you know about ghosting of backlinks? How like, you know, if you get a link and then you remove it, the power of the link kind of stays on yeah. most of the time. Yep. So if, as long as yeah, the page is crawled, you almost need to like find when the link is featured on the page and get Google to crawl it. Like it starts tweeting it or something like this. Start, start like kind of like giving hints to Google to go and That's crawl the idea. page right yeah. now. And I'm not sure how much is going to help, but definitely there's, there's an effect like, if you remove some links, you still feel the, the power of them for a long time, actually. So it, uh, it might help, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wanted to jump to a new section for people who like, are excited about all the traffic you're getting. And they're like, okay, I'm starting Pinterest tomorrow. Let's do this. The problem is they did not start 15 years ago. When did you start Pinterest, actually? Like, you didn't tell me. Like, what year? Do you know, Wallace? Uh, what year? I wrote down in my notes to 11, 11 years ago. Yeah, 11 years ago. Back then, it looked very different. We were doing a lot of uh, like long form, like very visual, like infographic style images on, on Pinterest. And that, that's what was working mm. back then. It might work now for some particular topics, but not for ours. And so we were doing some of that. We gained some initial, I think that's where we gained a lot of our initial traction. And because that's what was working at the time. And so if I were to give yeah. some advice, it's like, study your competition, study your niche, look at look at the searches that are in the search box has like the auto complete or auto suggest, just like Google does, looking at those. Um, as well as looking at Pinterest trends. So they've got a, a really good trends page. Have you ever checked it out? I haven't, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's similar to Google Trends, but you can get more mm. granular with that. You can see, you know, what's trending among different demographics, different different categories and so you can get ideas of pins of that what's working well right now so studying the competition just like with seo is a powerful part of 
understanding, you know, what you what to I'm focus your time on. I'm getting a lot on. of nails for Hungary right now. I just opened it and it's like it's all nails. So it's like I guess that's what that's you need to so do right. uh, for <laughs> this part of Europe. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, I'm just checking. Let's say I have a, a yoga site. Let's say like okay. I, I have a site in a yoga niche. I want to get started on Pinterest. Do I do what you did? Like, do I actually make listicles with like 10 best yoga poses to follow a back pain, for example, and then just feature a bunch of Instagram creators, make sure I attribute properly to them, make sure I do it the cleanest way possible, and then just make one board per, per post and then just pin all the images? Would you go and do that? That's what I would do. Yeah, I would find uh, <laughs> unique angles to maybe approach it, right? Mm. Like yoga for uh, women in their 50s with back pain, right? They get really, yeah, really yeah. granular Apple's with that. yoga or something. Yeah, they, <laughs> there you go. As well as having, you know, great great images, right? I mean, that's that's going to be it. And, but, and then testing, right? Testing whether or not it works to put maybe some sort of headline and overlay that on the image, put it maybe below the image, but still part of the image. So the top half is, is a picture of someone doing a yoga pose and the bottom half is maybe the headline or something and, and testing the different colors. Um, you know, Pinterest has their uploader tool for desktop, at least, where you can uh, overlay text onto the image. They provide that tool right there. You can put in your logo. And my thought process mm. was that Pinterest thought it was worth spending time on their development team to put in tool to overlay text on your content on your pens then they might find that important um, for you to do for because you know it's in pinterest best, best interest to have people pen and go to sites from their platform and so if they're taking the time out to program that in i would pay attention to it and would you say that you can use your pinterest traffic to grow other socials maybe like could i launch a youtube channel of my of my pinterest uh Profile, how would I do that? How do I do, go from like having a million Pinterest visitors to growing my YouTube channel to 100,000 yeah. subscribers? How would you do that? Yeah, how do you leverage that? Man, I have no idea. If I'm, I'm not on YouTube at all. Do you get the idea? So, like, I, how do you get people somewhere else, basically? Yeah, right, right. And so, I mean, obviously having an email newsletter and capturing you know, people's information that way so you can continue that relationship and promoting yeah, your YouTube channel, best. right? And so I think it's just more leveraging one platform for another. Um, just capturing, capturing that audience, if I had to guess. You know, and the other thing I'll point out is that, you know, I get a lot of search traffic as well. And a big, I think mm. a big part of my interest traffic is connected to that search traffic. So the one way I, I figured that out really quickly is you know, we've got the little pen it button on every image on the site. It's like in the top corner. And, yeah, top right, um, right. It's, and it's common for sites to only have that little pennant button show up on the image when you hover over it. But I found just displaying it at all times uh, helps. Mm. And so there was one time where we accidentally removed our custom code that shows that pennant button on top of the image. And we removed it for like a week and didn't notice, but then our Pinterest traffic like dropped by half. And so even though we still had the okay. Pinterest tags on there, like they give you special code for their own tracking and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We still had that on there, but it was our own code where we removed that button. So I know that that's also helping drive. So Google lifts off Pinterest pretty. Yeah. So you bring people in from Google, they find an image, they pin it to their Pinterest and that gets seen and, and repinned by other people and they come to the site. So that's certainly a big part of our traffic right now is leveraging what we're getting from Google search and Google discover. 
Yeah, it's that kind of like symbiotic relationship that we were talking about before, where yeah. you earn links from the images from people finding the co the content on Pinterest. They find it on Pinterest mm -hmm. and then link it in their usual listicles. Like my experience on Pinterest is like people will take your images and put it in other listicles. And so you get links, which increases your Google traffic. Yep. And your Google traffic lands on your site and then actually pins based on that button and lifts up your Pinterest traffic. And then you kind of like one grows, that grows the other, that grows the other, that grows the other, etc. Yep. All the way to infinite traffic, basically. Just you need to wait long enough. But uh, yeah, do you capture emails? Do you, do you do any of that? I haven't seen that, right? We did for several years. And that was, that was when there weren't a lot of service options. We were using MailChimp at the time. And we had maybe 500,000 people on the email list sending a decent amount of traffic, but we were losing money on it. Our bill with MailChimp was like over two grand a month. And so I think we were either breaking even or, or losing money. And so actually I was losing money because I had to pay people to do yeah. the email. Uh, and so we just shut that it down. It hurts me but, to hear that, you know? Yeah, I know. But now there's like so many <laughs> other solutions and million, cheaper solutions. How many people? Yeah, you could make so much money. Uh, first of all, day. sponsored emails, you could make a lot of money. Your own products, honestly, like look at Kevin, uh, how he's killing it on Epic Gardening. It's like, I think your yeah. niche has opportunities to have your own product. It's definitely something different from what you're doing today. But yeah. I'm pretty sure you'd make good money from an email list. If you just um, you just put an exit intent pop-up, so it's like you don't want it on page load because it would affect your RPM. And so you probably don't want that, but you just put it on exit intent so that people have seen all the ads they wanted to see, etc. They're about to leave the site. There's a pop-up. You capture the email. Still got a decent opt-in rate without affecting your ads. And then, yeah, it's like, first of all, you can sell sponsorship when you email your new blog posts. Probably yeah. that will pay for your email rates like right away. Like you probably make a profit on that already. And you can, it's very easy to generate. And then the second thing is like, yeah, you can launch physical products with the niche you're in and you would probably do quite well. And that would be, and Pinterest is a great sales engine as well. So you could expand your ads there as well. So it's like, in my yeah. opinion, you could probably like, I mean, you didn't tell me how much you make, but you could probably three to five X what you make figuring that out. Yeah. So that would be, yeah. You remember when we prepared the podcast, you told me like, oh, give me your feedback. <laughs> That's my feedback. Yeah. I think you you can make so so much with that actually, because you won't affect your ad rates because it's only exit intent, and at the same time you you're opening up something new, and the promotion will not be on your page necessarily. It, it can just be by email to start with, and once you've proven the business, then you can start introducing CTAs on your page because you know it makes sense to replace so much with that. So that that is definitely what I would be looking at. But uh, is there any question about Pinterest? I did not ask you before we go on to nerding out about your monetization. And uh, I should have asked. Have you dabbled in AI for images? Okay. Uh, yeah. Ah, so yeah you, you mentioned that a little bit on Twitter. I did, yeah. So using Midjourney to generate some of these, you know, which is controversial as well, right? Because all these images are, are trained. Mm -hmm. they're, they're trained on what's found on probably my site, Pinterest, Instagram from these original creators and i've been yeah. impressed with some of these images that it's it's generating and some of them have done really well with pinterest they do really well with facebook for some reason and i can spot these ai generated images but the average person might not People at least like them, with, yeah. our, with my demographic you know unless you're in tech uh you might not be able to with a lot of these images as they're getting better and better be able to distinguish between what's real and what's ai generated so i've been dabbling in that and it's been sending some decent traffic, uh, just trying to figure out, is that the right approach? Because again, thinking about the creators who are providing our images, 
we want to get back to them, right? We want to spotlight them, promote them and their channels. And if we're just using AI images that are based upon their work, it's not really costing us that much to use their images anyways, right? We're not really, we're not paying them. It's costing me to pay VAs to gather those images and get them added to the site. It's almost more so, work to create them on Midjourney, right? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I just set a VA loose to start using it for some of those featured images at the, at the very top of, of an article because it, it can generate a lot of times much better images that it would take a really long time to find them on Instagram, right? It might take a couple hours to find a really good one to use as like our featured image, but mm. we can get that done within a couple minutes on the journey. I know what question I didn't ask. I realize now it's like, how many VAs do you have? How big is your team and how, how, how is it structured? Yeah, I think we're up to 13 people on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, majority of them are in the Philippines. And so as long as they're given really clear instructions, step-by-step, step, they're great at being able to follow everything. And so I've got one VA dedicated to Pinterest. That's all they're doing is they're just generating using the AI to generate the descriptions and whatnot, and then downloading the images, uploading them to Pinterest, filling all that information out and pinning and getting it scheduled. You know, every 30 minutes at this point, a new pin gets, gets added to our Pinterest account. So then I've got VAs who once responsible just for getting content into WordPress, whether it's a new article or an updated one we're updating, they'll get up all that there. And I've got one over on Facebook. We've got I've got VAs that are just, I've got four people who are just sourcing images for the site. So they're all day on Instagram. That's their job, right? Yeah, all day, every day that they, they're just going through Incredible. Instagram. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So, and we've got like 40 something writers. They're all industry experts with real experience who I saw are doing all the writing or we're, yeah. we're dabbling in AI written stuff, but then they will go in and they'll edit it, make sure it's accurate. I think you do a good job on EEAT on your site, actually. Like, I think you do a good job, like, showing who the people are, like, what they're associated with and what they do, et cetera. So it's like, I think that's probably one of the reasons you've done quite okay. Like, you know, you, you said you had some traffic drops, but recently you've done mm -hmm. quite well in Google. Mm -hmm. you, you've come back up and I'm sure you've put a lot of work into that, uh, knowing how, seeing how it's been done. I think you've yeah. probably done that recently. Would I, would you agree? For sure. Over this last year, we put a lot into EEAT and, uh, yeah, I think it's mm -hmm. it's really helped. It's good because I'm literally releasing a E80 blueprint in one okay. week, so it's like uh, I've actually done. Uh, wow. I've actually done, and a lot of the stuff I saw on your site was matching what we show. So I'm pretty happy. It made me happy to cool. see like where your site's going and to match what mm -hmm. we're telling people to do because it's like it's always a good confirmation, basically. So it made cool. me happy and good job because you've definitely done a good job at uh, climbing up in the last uh, few updates, basically. Okay, Tony, yeah, any last thing you want to say on the podcast before we wrap it up? You know, the thing, the biggest thing is just to test, right? To to take some ideas, what you've learned to, from this episode here and just test it out. Give it a couple months. Generally, I find that it will take six to 12 months for a pen to go viral. Uh, however, some of these AI generated mm. ones, it was like less than 30 days. Uh, so you, know, you never know, but sometimes it, it just give it time. And that's one of the, the biggest questions. I, I get a lot of people sending me DMs and, on Twitter about their Pinterest strategy and what they should be doing and uh, how often they should be pinning. So pin as much as you can. If you can figure out a way to scale out the number of images that you can pin every day, um, be consistent and test. Don't be afraid to test, but give it time. 
you know, there's going to be, and go back, you're going, yeah. going back. It's so interesting conversation about, it takes, uh, sorry, I was going to say, it's super interesting. It takes this long for a pin to go viral. I didn't expect it. I expect it to go much faster, actually. Yeah. And that's why I was surprised with some of these AI generated ones. Uh, it took mm. less than 30 days for, for them to get thousands of clicks from it. So I don't, I don't know what it is that I can't figure out the Pinterest algorithm. I haven't tried, but like what we're doing <laughs> is working, you know, like just sh- sh- so do more purely just scaling things out. Getting the best of the best you can find has tend to work out really well for us. Okay, Tony. Well, thanks for joining in. Thanks for sharing your Pinterest tips. I think like the angle of your site was really interesting. I was quite happy to do that. Like the, um, especially like the reusing photos from creators, giving them attribution, etc. I think is very interesting. Original images, quality images is a challenge for site builders. Like it would be almost impossible to create the volume of images that you're using on Pinterest without actually relying on other creators and giving them attribution. So I think it's a very interesting model. It's good to see that you've been doing this for a while and it hasn't been an issue. Um, it's good that you've also given a pass for people to get their image removed from your site so that actually you don't get into trouble. Congratulations on all the success. I think it's deserved. And uh, thank you for joining. Well, do you want people yeah. to follow you anywhere, by the way? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Tony T. Hill. Cool. We'll put it at the bottom of the screen so people can go check it out. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for joining, Tony, and see you next episode. Bye. Yeah.